How many of you have, have heard of um, like Azusa Street Revival and um, a lot of you, a lot re- different revivals? Um, I think it's, it's. I don't know if you've heard stories of it, of some of those revivals, but like the Azusa Street, the glory of God would come in so strong that the the children they told stories of. I mean. The, those that were children then are now adults, and they've told their stories of how they literally played in the glory as it settled in the sanctuary. And they would just go, you know, however long. And, and I don't know about you, but I just, I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I'm just ready to take the restrictions off. And allow God to be God. And I know the promise that we are about to see a move of God like we've never seen before. And a lot of that move is going to take place amongst the things that are going to happen in the world. If that makes sense. What I mean by that is a lot of it's going to happen um, outside the church. As the body of Christ, you know, raises up and activates heaven on earth in the in the middle of what's going on in the world. But, and, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself because I have a lot to explain later, but, but there's some incredible times also coming to the local church and you don't want to miss those either. And, and I don't know about you, but my invitation is, hey, you want to do it tonight, God? Go on right ahead. (laughs) Amen. So like Pastor Mark said, if you need to go get your kids, we don't want you to go home. But if if you need to go get them, then go get them and bring them back in and they'll be fine. They'll be just fine. I, I just want everything God has for everyone in here. And I don't want anyone, anybody to... Go home missing something that they were, they meant to get. I Sunday night I have a confession to make. I left some stuff out. I I cut some corners, and I shortened things, and it was good. But I believe with all my heart it was supposed to be better. And, and honestly, I was concerned about what people thought, about keeping people too long. I don't care anymore. So if you see me, you know, hesitating, it's not because I'm nervous. It's because I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. Because I don't want one word to come out of my mouth tonight that is not of him. And I don't want to miss anything. Amen. This message is very threatening to hell. I don't know any other way to put it. Just, it is. Because this is, 
you know, it's like I said Sunday morning and Sunday night, and I didn't say it this way, but I'll just put it this way. Something has happened to me in the last couple days. And I, I, I just have this boldness that is building up on the inside of me. And I'm not here to tickle ears with a fluffy message about heaven. <laughs> I, I'm just not. I'm not I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm, I'm not here to just give you information. That's that's not what this is about. And we started talking about what it's about Sunday morning. You know, there there are many stories of people that have gone to heaven and been sent back. And they talk about heaven and and they affirm that heaven is real. And I do that too. But within the last, well, year since I came to Idaho, God has revealed to me the sobriety of, of what he really has called me to do. And that is to wake up the body of Christ and to give them the opportunity to become prepared for the days ahead, spiritually, as well as naturally and and physically and things like that. And that is a message that the enemy doesn't like because you're talking about invading his territory. Big time. If every single person in here tonight literally got a hold of this and went out of this building activating heaven on earth, wow, we would literally win this entire treasure valley for the Lord. Literally. you, God is, and I bet Mac's going to like this one. God is the best multi-level marketing person in, in all existence. What I mean by that is I can, can talk to April and pray with her. And she gets totally healed. And because she's healed, she realizes that Jesus is real and she gets saved. She's already saved, but you know this is a, an example. And she runs and she tells a friend. And they run and they tell a friend. Well, she keeps telling people. And they keep telling people. If we literally walked out of here realizing who we are in him, awake. Let, let me... I thought of this analogy today. Because the Lord showed me, he said, Melody, it's not important that they just wake up. It's important that they wake up and that they're alert and that they do something. And, it, and, and he gave me, you know, the example of when I was a little girl. My mom's going to like this one. Yes, she's in the house. <laughs> um, when I was a little girl, early in the morning... Before school, my mom would come into the room and she'd flick on my light. And she'd walk into the room and she'd gently nudge my shoulder. Melody. Melody. Then she'd have to get a little louder. 
Melody. Melody. <laughs> but my eyes would open. Get up. Okay, okay, okay. She'd be walking to the doors, turn around. Get up. Get out of the bed. <laughs> I am, I am, I am. Okay. As soon as she walks away, covers go over my head. I am out. Next thing, next thing you know, all of a sudden, Melody, oh, you know, you wake up real fast. <laughs> she said, I told you to get out of that bed. You're going to be late. You're going to miss that bus. Now, when she first walked into the room and turned on the light, her ultimate goal was to be standing out in the front yard and watching me get on the bus and see the bus drive off and know that I'm safe and I'm on my way to my destination. But it didn't start with me getting on the bus. I had to wake up first. And so, I don't know about you, but this is my childhood. This took several times of her coming in in the room. So finally, the last time... This happened many times in my life. She would jerk the blanket off of me. Oh, it would just, oh, it made me so upset. Mom, so upset. Get up. I said, get up. I'm not leaving until you get out of the bed. Your feet touch the floor. Stand up. I'm coming. No, get up. I got to see you get up. Not leaving this room. So I get up out of the bed, and in 30 minutes, I'm, how many of you are like, awake and ready to go, and, and I get on that bus, and, well, the Lord showed me that I, that the calling he's put on me is not just to say, wake up, but it's to jerk that blanket off of you, so that you don't fall back to sleep. Because it's not enough to just open your eyes. We we must be alert and then do something. If you wake up but you don't get up, you'll fall back to sleep. If you wake up and you don't do anything, then you'll fall back to sleep. And what I'm talking about, if you were not here, how many were not here Sunday morning or Sunday night? Okay. What I'm talking about is is that the body of Christ as a whole has been sleep, asleep, lethargic. But there is a wake-up call going on. And, I mean, he is raising up those that will listen, those that will jump out of bed. You know, when, when my mom first jerked the cover off of me, I was upset with her. Sometimes we get a little upset when we get shaken out of what's comfortable. And what we're used to. But it didn't take me too long to... I was alright. I was happy, ready to go to school, see my friends. I adjusted. So you can... Here's what I want you to realize in the story I'm telling you. Is tonight... I had to realize that I can't make you choose. I can't be responsible. 
for your choice. All I can do is wake you up. I can't make you jump out of the bed. I can't make you put your pants on. All I can do is wake you up. It's your choice. And so tonight, you can choose to wake up spiritually and embrace what might feel a little uncomfortable or you can choose to stay asleep because you're were you know you're staying asleep sometimes for people it's easier because then they don't have to deal with reality And, and God told me that there were three types of people here tonight. That there are those that have woke up. And, boy, God is just doing this rapid change. I know some of you. I've seen it in your life. And, and you're getting it. And you're starting to activate heaven on earth even now. Right now. And it's totally, your life is totally transformed. You're ready. You're on mark. Ready to go. That's the first group. The second group here tonight, you're getting it. You're open. You're listening. Or tonight you'll hear and that's it. You'll jump in full force. God, here I am. And then the third group will just choose to stay asleep because that's easier. You think. And I'm, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I, I'm presenting what he told me to present. Because it's, I can't just itch your ears and say things that you just want to hear. That wouldn't be helping you. That wouldn't be loving you. And to be very honest with you, the fact that the last group even exists and, then, and, that, and that that could happen, I, I was on my face in my closet crying and travailing over you. So much so I couldn't even open my eyes. They were so swollen. He said, Melody, you can only do what I've told you to do. They have to choose to get out of bed. You still love me? <laughs> because the, what I'm talking about here, and I think a lot of you, especially those that have been here since Sunday morning, um, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, tonight, I know I've said it, I'm going to say it again. When I repeat things, it's because it needs to be repeated. Sometimes we have to hear things over and over again because we're a little hard-headed. So those of you that are not hard-headed and you just want me to move on and get to the point, just be patient. Let patience have its perfect work in you. We'll get there. 
But this is not just another message. This is literally revival. This is God moving among his people, waking them up, having them take their position with who they are in him. Seeing things. Setting their mind on things above. Seeing things heavenly minded, kingdom minded. No longer seeing things as the world sees them. Realizing that they... Has anybody ever seen the Matrix movie? Anybody? Some people? Okay, those that haven't will have no clue what I'm talking about. But I like the part where, you know, what was his name? Neo? He had to pick between the blue pill and the red pill. Remember, he lived in this world that was like almost, it was fake. And they would get up and they had jobs and they did all this stuff all day long. But it was like, come to find out, it wasn't even real. And all these people were just living every day in this fake reality, so to speak. And he chose to take the pill that made him see things the way they really are. So you get a chance to take the pill to make you see things the way they really are. Because, like I shared Sunday, getting up in the morning, where's my youth? Are they in here? The youth group. Guys, getting up in the morning... Going to school, seeing your friends, listening to the boring teachers, eating the yucky lunch, going home, doing your homework, sending about a million texts in between. Having dinner, going to bed, and getting up and doing it all over again the next morning. How many of you know that that is not your purpose in life? It is not your purpose in life. That is not why you exist. God has a purpose for your life. And as a born-again believer, and if you're not, you can be tonight. We can get that all taken care of. As a born-again believer, you are a child of God. You're not even of this earth. You're not from here. You're from heaven. You're here on a mission. To invade earth with heaven, with the kingdom. To touch people's lives. To be like Jesus. So you can't look like the world anymore. You can't sound like the world. You can't act like the world. You're not of this world. So you get to choose. Blue pill, red pill. It, I am telling you, there is literally... I'm not just saying this because it's something nice to say or fancy to say or that I think this is true. The Lord himself told me that he was raising up an army of young people in the last days. Literally. So you can choose to stay in your day in, day out, day in, day out, same old, same old. Yeah, I just heard this. 
in my spirit, the Holy Spirit said that at least one of you has said, isn't there more to life than this? I think there's even adults in here. Isn't there more to life than this? Absolutely. Absolutely. See, it's, a, it's amazing how the false reality has painted being a Christian as boring. When I'm telling you what's about to happen, born-again believers are going to be everything but boring. Those that are awake. Those that are awake. You can rock your school for Jesus. But it can't be mediocre. It can't be on and off. You can't be sleepwalking. There is, there's, there's more to our, to life. Doing the things that, that, like I just said, you know, even for adults, you know, getting up in the morning, get your coffee and going to work and, and I understand. I, I'm not saying that there's not everyday life. I totally get that. I understand that. But we are to be aware of where we are from, whose we are, and why we're here the whole time. So that everything that we do in this natural world is affecting this world for heaven and for the kingdom. Everything. You say, well, how can I do that? (laughs) You can do it. I I haven't had such a great last two days (laughs) in the natural. Believe it or not, I guess people don't like what I'm doing. So I got a, a screw in the side of my tire Sunday after church. Got some emails and some messages. and I even got threatened. But you know what? I laugh. But let me tell you something. Remember how I said Sunday night this isn't a solo act? I was so reminded of that. God reminded me of the very thing I said Sunday night. Because for several hours yesterday, I, I felt pretty alone. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'd, I'd get a voicemail. I'd get an email. I'd get a text message. And it was my family. A lot of people in this room. Just loving on me, encouraging me. They have everyday life, right? They have things going on. But they took the time to encourage me. Listen, in the days that we are are coming into, the days we're in now, you can do your everyday stuff and be aware so that God can use you to affect someone's life. That's being awake. That's being awake. And we're going to have to lock arms and be a family. 
the Lord told me that there were people that weren't quite ready to hear some of the things that I need to share tonight. I'm used to doing this in four services, so tonight we're packing two into one. <laughs> um, but the, I was praying, and 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 he and he told me there was a lot of people that are dealing with fear. Well, my response to that is, you just simply don't have your mind set on things above yet. Because if you did, you wouldn't be in fear. And and, and, and it's nothing to be um, condemned about. We just, we need to work on it a little bit here in the next few minutes. And God can do a lot in a little bit of time, can he? He can do a lot. And there are people here that... You know, they're, they're still living in those distractions we talked about Sunday morning. There's some people that have areas of their life where they haven't given God complete reign. R-E-I-G-N. In every area of their life. But the Lord told me there's a lot of people that are just, they just live day in and day out. With condemnation and guilt. And um, how many of you remember our scripture? Colossians 3 1 through 4. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Now here's what the Lord ministered to me today about this scripture. Is that, you know, in in Sunday morning, Sunday night, we've been talking about things like, you know, um, if you set your mind on things above, not on what's going on around, you know, what's going on around you on the earth. If you have your eyes on what's going on around you, you're going to be shaken. You know, but if you have your your eyes set on him and and what's above? Peace. There's no sickness, there's joy. You know, you set your mind on the things that are in heaven because that's a manifestation of everything that's in the kingdom and everything in the kingdom belongs to you. You have access. He says he's given you keys to the kingdom. Keys unlock something that's been locked. Before you were born again, you couldn't unlock that door. Now you have the keys and you can access everything that he's prepared for us. You choose. Well, but he had me he had me look at this and say a lot of people need to see themselves as heaven sees them. Not just the things around you, but you. So, we're going to get a little heavenly minded for a few minutes. Is that okay? 
I may read it again tonight, but I want to read this real quick. Isaiah 41.10. Thank you to the person that sent this to me. Isaiah 41.10. This is the Amplified. Fear not, there's nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. Behold, all they who are enraged and inflamed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. They who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. We have nothing to fear. And I know there's other things in the room, but those were the two main things that I knew that God was just going to run through this place with his power tonight guilt and condemnation and fear there are people that have those things in their life and it's and it's holding them back it's restricting you from accessing everything of the kingdom and being able to be a clean vessel in which he can use and move through to activate heaven on earth through other people Amen. Don't you like that scripture? You guys need, I'm just going to tell you, you know, it's one thing to come into a service and hear something. But when you hear something like that, those of you that are dealing with fear, you need to write that down. You need to put it in your tablet or your phone. And you need to be saying that thing a couple times, several times a day for a while. Amen. Remember how we said Sunday night that our... I forgot. Sunday morning, Sunday night, doesn't matter. Um, That the kingdom of God is a voice-activated system. You literally activate the things of the kingdom by what you say. He said you can have what you say. As long as it's in the word, right? Well, you being set free of fear is definitely in the word. So if you start saying what he says about you not needing to be fear, you don't have a spirit of fear. But of love and a sound mind, disciplined mind, not a mind that runs off with all these thoughts of things that are going to happen here and there. It's not what he gave you, right? But we need to say it. A lot of people, I'm so amazed sometimes by a lot of people in the body of Christ are waiting for these things of God to just fall on them. But the moment you open your mouth, We are very powerful believers. We really are. Because he's given us. We have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. We have the name of Jesus. You know, we have, we have everything we could ever need to make through any situation and to conquer the enemy every time. 
We just need to open our mouth and agree with the kingdom instead of the world. Don't agree with the doctors. Don't agree with the lack of what's in your bank and account. You seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. How many of us live according to that? I can, I can honestly say with all my heart that I, I live more according to that than I ever have before in the last year. And when I have purposed to seek his ways of doing things and his reign in every area of my life to do what he's asking me to do, even how many of you know when he asks you to do something, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. It's just not logical. (laughs) And my husband and I, we... We have endeavored to truly seek the kingdom of God first. And you know, the moment that we started doing that, I just didn't have to ask him for much anymore. I mean, before I can even tell him what I need, it's there. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. My goodness, we've all made mistakes. Quit agreeing with that. Quit agreeing with the enemy saying that you can't be used of God because of the mistakes you've made. My goodness, I shared, I totally shared all my dirty laundry with you guys Sunday night. I've made mistakes. Everybody in this room's made mistakes. Get over it. Get over the mistakes people have made towards you. Some people worried about people's mistakes and it didn't even affect them. It's the truth. And then get over your own mistakes. He has. He spilt enough blood to cover every mistake you've ever made. And the mistakes you will make. And thank God all we have to do is repent, put, put it under the blood, and oh, I have something to share with you about that. We'll get to it. You guys ready? So, let's get heavenly minded. (laughs) I'm not going to recap about when, how this happened. You'll have to get the CD from the church if you weren't here. But when the Lord first took me into heaven... um, I saw him, and I I don't even know how long I was with him. There's, I had no concept of time at all. 
And I, when he brought me into heaven, he brought me into a garden. It was, and that word just seems so minute to me because it was unlike anything I could have ever imagined, forget, have ever seen. And uh, I've used the word perfect before, but then I explain that even that's not enough because when I say perfect to you, you sum it up to what you know is perfect here on the earth. And heaven's perfection is way beyond our own and what we imagine perfect to be. This garden was absolutely unbelievable. It was almost indescribable. There are many things that I saw in heaven I can't can't talk about. Literally, there aren't words. But in in the garden, there were colors that I've seen before, but much, much richer, and colors I've never seen that looked like they were made up of many colors. And there's a life in everything. I mean life. You see life. The flowers literally in the petal themselves, the colors move. You know, like a kaleidoscope. They literally, they're moving. There's life in that you just can't even imagine. And and in this garden, alongside the walkway, Jesus and I were walking, and there were rose, these rose bushes, but the roses themselves were the size of a bush here. And we walked over to this rose, and Jesus picked a petal off of the rose, and as soon as he did, another one appeared. And he handed it to me, and it was the size of my face, the petal. And I just breathed in, and it was was like inhaling life and joy. The glory of God is everywhere, in everywhere. You literally see, in heaven you see everything that has spiritual meaning. So you see music in the air, you see glory, you you see things that you wouldn't see here. But heaven's wanting to invade, let me just take a side journey. Heaven wants to invade earth. Literally wants us to by faith to start cooperating with with heaven, being more aware of angels. We'll get into that later, but I mean I've been in services where I, I can barely see through the crowd because the glory is just settled in the room so thick. And we don't need to be afraid of those things. We need to set our mind on things above so that the things above, the supernatural things, are more natural. Because it's where we're from. And they should be, right? 
We were walking on a path, and, and, it, and it's gold, and it was but a transparent, not like gold we see here, like a transparent gold. It was about six feet wide, about four inches thick. Don't ask me why. How I know, I knew dimensions and measurements and, and that kind of stuff. Later on, I, I actually saw a lot of people in heaven, and the children are smarter than any adult on the earth. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I thought before, because I didn't think that we used our minds or had minds. I don't know if I thought we were zombies. <laughs> but, but in heaven, we are literally to our full potential that he meant for us to be created us to be before the fall. How many of you know Adam was very smart? And we only use a very small, the scientists prove we use a very small fraction of our brain. In heaven, we use all of it. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus, you know, he... Glory was just going off. It was through his hair and his face. His, his skin almost looked copper. Just glory all around him. And I, you know, I keep going back to him because I'd rather talk about him than anything. And like I said Sunday, without Jesus, heaven would just be a pretty place. Without the Father. Without God. Right? I mean, I know in all reality it wouldn't exist, but you know what I mean? It's I, I I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say. He is the atmosphere. His love is the very atmosphere. When you see things, you're not just seeing things. You're seeing life. You're see, you're seeing things that have spiritual meaning. And so after I had spent that time with the Lord at first, he then took my hand and said, let's take a walk. I have some things to show you. So we had started walking on this path. That's when I saw the flowers. And I heard chimes, but I didn't see them right away. And there's music in the air all the time. There's worship. Constantly. For a long time, I didn't share this part of of my testimony to other people. I put it in the book right away, but I was actually kind of glad the book wasn't out so people wouldn't call me weird. Now I don't care. Because for every one person that has something bad to say, I see so many others touched and blessed, and that's what I care more about. So we were in this garden, we were walking, and we were coming around the corner, and I heard the sound of water. And so we come around this corner, and all of a sudden I see this fountain, most beautiful fountain you can imagine. It is about 25 feet wide, 
five feet high was the walls of the pool. There was, it was a, you know, like a fountain of water. And the water just spurted up in the air. There was, and light, just the glory just shot through the water. The walls was, the wall was made out of stones. Like the smallest stone was the size of my fist. And it was made out of diamonds and opals. And this one was like all kinds of different stones that were white. And it had silver running through it. And you know how here when we make something constructionally, we use the cheaper material on the inside. In heaven it was stone all the way through. And water was going up like it was dancing. And some of it was spraying and, and... Literally like it was dancing. And there was no pipes, no no buttons, no switches. A matter of fact, it was almost like I was a switch. Like Jesus and I, when we walked up is when it started. Can you imagine water just dancing and there's no pipes? Talk about life. I mean, it's like it was alive. Well, what astounded me was what was in the middle of this fountain. It, it was, in the very middle, was these statues. Well, I say statue, but again, I don't have the words. Best, the best word I can think of is a living statue. And people might say, okay. Look, you know, it astounded me too. <laughs> And, I, and, you know, it's, it's funny to me, the things that we think are weird for God. I, I mean, think about it. If, if we can have wax museums here on the earth, what more could he do? Right? So, in the middle was this, like, living statue that was play, started to play out in front of me. And it was me, five years old, and there was a, I was standing in front of, I knew this scene very well, I was five years old, little pigtails and little red dress and black patent leather shoes, I'd forgotten what I wore, but now I know. And, and I was standing in front of this tree, but it was a prop and there were puppets in the tree. You know, in a cut-out window. And it, what it was, was it was a display of the moment that I was born again. Because I was born again at five years old in children's church. I didn't know my dad. Never known my dad. And they um, shared the scripture that says, you know, that he has brought us into adoption. Now we can call him Abba Father. And they said that means Daddy God. And they explained to us that God wanted to be our daddy, and he's a perfect dad. And all we had to do is accept Jesus as our Savior, and they explained what Jesus did, our big brother, what he did for us. And then they asked at the end, who wants to, who wants to ask God to be your daddy? Well, I ran up there. Nobody else did. Like, literally up on the stage. 
And I folded my hands. And that's when I received Jesus as my Savior and and God became my daddy. Well, I watched this play out in front of me, but all of a sudden I started seeing it from heaven's point of view. Because I saw things that I did not see here. Suddenly, while I'm holding my folding my hands and I'm underneath the prop, under the puppets, right underneath them, like I walked right up underneath it. Jesus appears. And he bends down on one knee and he wraps his arms around me. And two angels show up right behind him. Kind of off to the side. And then all of a sudden, these two hands that were 20-something feet tall, looked bronze, came down just like this, right behind Jesus and I. I knew they were the Father's hands. Over to the corner was a very was another angel, a third angel. This angel was tall and thin. This angel was writing something down. Well, um, as soon as I, the little five-year-old me said, "Amen." I mean, the water just burst, and it was the most spectacular water and light show you've ever seen. And the angels were singing. And I asked the Lord. I said, are there, are there more fountains like this in heaven? He said, oh, there's, there's more fountains in this garden of moments that I hold dear. I said, of other people being born again? He said, no, not in this garden. Those are in their gardens. This garden is yours. And then he proceeded to tell me that he had created this place because I like to spend time with him. So he created it so that we could spend time together for all of eternity. Now I'm telling you this because he said there's other people have gardens as well. You know, I think it's very important that we tend to our gardens here on the earth. And what I mean by that is whatever that time is, wherever that time is that you spend with him, tend to it. Hold it very, very dear. Don't let distractions steal that time the time that you have to spend time with him intimately. You know, I think it's, I had shared this in Bible school one night, and and Pastor Mark was there, and then the very next Wednesday, he actually shared this about the gardens, and he had no idea that this is in my book. (laughs) It's pretty cool. Uh, What God said about tending to our garden. Garden being our, the time that we are intimate time with Him. 
I think it's pretty amazing that that he literally created these monumental displays of moments that we receive him as Lord. How amazing is that? Do we, I think we've fallen so short in comprehending how very much he adores us, how much he loves us. I want to read something to you. I'm just going to read it. Um, It's what's in my book about the fountains because I want to quote what he said. Then the Lord told me that there are more fountains in this garden of moments I hold dear. Moments of others being born again, I asked. No melody. The monumental displays of others being born again are in their special places made just for them by me. This garden is yours. You love meeting with me intimately, so I made this place so that you and I can meet here together and have wonderful fellowship with one another for all eternity. When the Lord told me that the garden we were in was just for me, I was amazed and overwhelmed. Lord, I knew you loved me, but I thought I would be a name among many names in a book. I was just happy to be coming to heaven. But this, Lord, then he said, remember how I said you do not know how much I love you? Let this be what you pursue. No one is just a name. Do not insult my love for you with such words. I did not die for just names. I marveled at the reality of what was really going on in the moment the scene that played in the moment that scene that played before me in this living fountain. As I saw it according to heaven, I saw that because we cannot see into the supernatural realm on the earth. We do not realize how real the supernatural is and what is truly taking place. And this is what he said. In the last days, it is vital that you are more aware of supernatural things than you are of natural things. Be more aware of angelic activity. Be more aware of the activity of heaven, for it is written, set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. This will keep you stable when things go in chaos all around you. Stand on my word, be full of the Spirit, and set your mind on the things of the kingdom of heaven. See with spiritual eyes of faith. Do not set your mind on the happenings of the earth, for like Peter, you will surely sink into its waves. There's so much I could share. And I had to, I'm having to concise what I shared. So I can't believe it's already 830. (laughs) I have to tell myself, I promise not to look at the clock. I promised. (laughs) I don't 
know if you can get the reality of what I'm saying. This isn't just a fancy story. This isn't something that was dreamed up. This is the reality of heaven and the reality of what you mean to him, of what I mean to him. This is the reality that Jesus is very, very real. He was, he was so personable. There was a time where um, I actually, we came up along a river and I, I wanted to, to swim in the river. And so he just smiled and nodded and said, go on. And, and I went in and, and it's like the water just took me from place to place. You know, it's, you, don't, you don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to close your mouth. <laughs> And the, the more I was in there, it was like his joy and life just, just it like it bubbled up, bubbled up, bubbled up until I thought, I just can't even handle it anymore. And I jumped out of the water and just shouted for joy and then laughed. And what was so amazing was I heard someone laughing with me and I looked over this at, this, at the side of the river, and he's down like this, and he's just laughing with me. <laughs> he played with the children, and, and we sat down and, and had conversations, and he picked a blade of grass, and I don't know why that astounded me, but he, and he twirled it in his finger while he spoke. He's real. He's so real. So, so tangible. There was one time we were walking and we were holding hands and I was looking at his profile as we walked because I didn't want to forget what he looked like. So I was studying it. And I was thinking how absolutely amazing this is i'm walking with jesus and i don't want to forget what he looks like and that you know that he would that he was so real and just so and he turned to me he stopped and he turned to me and said this is how i desire to walk with everyone even when they cannot see me this is how he desires he desires to walk closely with us. After I saw that first fountain, we came around the corner and then there was another one. I just have to share this with, with you because it's going to actually set some people's minds straight in here. It set mine straight. This, this living fountain, I won't go into describing the fountain, but as far as, you know, the size and all that, but this one was when I was 19 years old. He had these fountains all through my garden. Isn't that amazing? And this one was when I was 19 and I was at, I was sitting underneath a tree. Uh, my shoes were off next to me. And in front of me were 10, 8 to 10-year-old girls. And it was when I had gone to a camp 
a summer camp to work as a counselor. And um, it was after chapel. And long story short, I, I took some of the kids, the girls, my, my girls, and instead of going into the cabin, they had been talking about they were afraid. You know, we were walking long ways to walk in the dark. And so I started talking to them about how Jesus is always with us. Even when you can't see him. So let's picture him. So we were trying to picture him. And they started laughing. But it started to touch their lives. And then I realized, do you guys know Jesus? And several of them weren't born again. And so I decided to go under this tree with them before going into the cabin and sat them all down and I led them to the Lord. I didn't know a whole lot of word, <laughs> but I knew I knew Jesus. And so I led them into the sinner's prayer and after I led them into the sinner's prayer, I led them into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, in just moments... I and every single one of the girls were up on our feet and we were jumping around and shouting and praising the Lord. And in this while I'm watching this living fountain, remember how I said the first one I saw what I didn't see on the earth? I saw it from heaven's perspective. In this one, I started seeing it from heaven's perspective. Wow. There is a flash of like fire light that just started zooming around each one of the girls and then around all of us and the girls and then around all of us and the girls. And all of a sudden I knew that's the Holy Spirit. And suddenly there was an angel behind every single girl, including me, and then another angel behind them. And then there was another angel behind that one. So there's like 33 angels in this scene. <laughs> and the, the, the last angels were those tall, thin angels that were writing on something. So I asked the Lord, I said, what, what, what are they doing? And he said, that's a record-keeping angel. I said, a record record-keeping angel. He said, we keep record of everything in heaven. The first record of you was when you were born again. You started your book. Do you realize, I didn't even realize this until after this happened, but did you realize that Revelation actually talks about that there's the book and then there's books? Books. Later, he, he had me taken to a place. Angels took me in, to this place, and it was absolutely, of course, everything in heaven is amazing. I mean, I wish I had other words. Just undescribable. And they're all the way around on all the walls, and, and there were just books as far as the eye could see, these books books in front of the book before you start seeing all the other books before you get to them it, there is this table like it was beautiful like it was made out of granite and 
and all kinds of things and this big book laid on this table. And then there was these other tables where they would take down these books and open them up. So the angels pulled, pulled one of the books down. Isn't it pretty amazing that your life is, you're making a book? I know some people might be afraid of that. But listen to what i got to say. You won't be afraid anymore. So the angels t- took two angels to pull this book down. There was a name written down the, the, is it called a spine? In gold. And I couldn't see the name. I wasn't meant to. And they opened up the book. And when they opened it, they opened it to a blank page. And all of a sudden, writing started to appear. I couldn't, I couldn't read it. I knew I wasn't meant to. But it just started appearing. And I'm wondering why the angels want me to see this. And so I, kept, I looked up at him and he said, look. <laughs> so I'm watching, you know, this writing appear. And, and as a it, sentence is finishing, all of a sudden the section up above just disappeared. And the page went in that section went pure white. And I looked up at the angel. I said, what happened? He said, well, he... <laughs> He looked at me like, duh. (laughs) He said, well, he had done something that was recorded that was sin, but he put it under the blood so we have no more record of it. No more record of it. Literally cannot be found. Hello, are you guys alive out there? Isn't that amazing? And people say, well, I can't remember every bad thing I've done. Then say, anything I've done, I've put it under the blood. Amen. Don't get all wrapped up in the law and legal stuff. What I'm trying to tell you is freedom. That is freedom. So yeah, that we've got a book and we're writing it and praise God, we get to choose when they open it up that everything read is kingdom stuff. Isn't that awesome? So amazing. I want to, as I was looking at that second, there goes the... Am I doing something wrong? Okay. That's not the sound of heaven, by the way. <laughs> As I was watching the second fountain, and I'm watching the Holy Spirit zoom around each one of these girls around me, and, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. I see all these angels, and it's just amazing to me. We need to be more aware of what heaven sees. We need to be more aware of what's really going on spiritually. So I'm watching this and then I had in, I mean, I remember it. I had asked them, I said, you know, you guys, after a while, we spent time in the presence of the Lord. And I said, now you guys run along and go take your showers. I'll be there in a minute. And 
What I didn't tell them was I was shaking, literally shaking. I had never seen anything like that before in my life. Forget be a part of it. And so I'm watching them and I'm watching this live display of this moment in my life in front of me as I'm watching the girls run off. They disappear. Literally, they're gone. And it's me standing there. My angel's still there and the Holy Spirit's still. I mean, it's like he went with them and he stayed with me. Amazing. Suddenly, the girls in the fountain were gone and their angels were gone as well. I was standing under the tree barefoot. My angels were still there and the Holy Spirit was still swishing around that area like fire. I cupped my face in my hands, fell to my knees in the grass and cried. Oh God, how? How did you just do that through me? That was so amazing. You are so amazing. And then through, I threw my head back and extended my hands straight up in the air. I was in total awe of him. Because just a few years before, I could not even look at someone in the eye when they spoke to me. And now in that moment, he had miraculously used me to lead ten young girls into salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I remember him speaking to me so very clearly that night that I could But I could not see then what I now watched from heaven's point of view. His voice literally permeated the air and shot into my belly like fire. It is not up to you to make yourself capable, Melody. Just make yourself available and I'll do the rest. Yes, Lord, I said, here I am. Use me. I'm available for you to use any way you see fit. I promise not to limit you by what I think I can or cannot do on my own. For in you, I can do anything because it is you who does it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for using me. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for letting me be part of what just happened. Now listen to what I said. I dedicate my life to be used of you, Lord, and I never, ever want to do anything outside of your will. Well, as soon as I heard that, I'm watching the statue, I turned to Jesus in heaven, and I say, I failed. Oh, Lord, I failed you. Listen, I want everybody to listen to his response, because this is for you. You listening? Melody, Melody. Anytime he does that, you're in trouble. You are missing the reality of what you have just witnessed. I have made this living testament of that day as a memorial of the moment you dedicated your life to be used of me for the kingdom. Your motives were of the utmost purity and love for me. I knew you would never be able to live up to that desire to never miss it. It is your heart that I take record of. You meant what you said with all of your heart. It is the condition of the heart in love for me that is judged. I never expected perfection. I knew you would miss it. If you could be perfect, 
You would not have needed me to be your substitute on the cross. You may have failed me at times in action and deed, but you have always had a heart to love and serve me, and you have been quick to repent. That is a very heart I can work with. There are so many others that do not walk in truth concerning this very thing. Share this moment with them that they may be set free from guilt and condemnation. You were made righteous by my blood, not by anything you do. You can never do anything to make yourself righteous enough, worthy enough. I made you righteous. I make you able. Just stay available, Melody. Stay humble. Keep yourself in my love. Be quick to repent when you stumble. Then I will always pick you up and make you able to be used for the kingdom. The man... The man that thinks they are righteous enough in their own works and deeds is a fool full of pride and a fall is waiting for them. A man that thinks they are not worthy enough to be used of me because of what they have or have not done is someone full of false humility and pride and they insult the very act of my sacrifice at Calvary. For it is never by what you have or have not done, but by faith in what I have done for you and who you are in me. He said it all. (laughs) I don't need to say much. Do you see how religion and the... It's painted this picture in people's heads uh, that's not real. It's not the way God sees us. He doesn't judge you by your mistakes. He judges you by the condition of your heart. I've always loved loved the Lord. I love Him. I've loved Him since I was five. But I've made a lot of mistakes. Thank God. He doesn't judge us according to those. There is not one person in this room... That is disqualified from being used of God in these last days. Mistakes do not disqualify you. Praise God. Are you seeing a little bit better from heaven's perspective? From his point of view? Why would, and why in, why in the world would we be afraid? I am telling you. Okay, can I tell you one more story real quick and then we'll get into other stuff real fast or try. It's almost nine. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Okay. The Lord, the Lord, I think I've only shared this once and that was with, I think it was once, with the Bible school students. There are many, I can't get into it, but there's many classes of angels. And one of the angels that, that I was not prepared to meet <laughs> was the Lord. I was standing there with him. And the two angels that took me to him and walked behind us the whole way. And one was the one that they've been with me all my life. They were the ones that were there when I was five years old. Isn't that amazing? They're with you all the time. We need to be so much more aware of spiritual things. So 
we were standing there. And the Lord, I loved it when he did this because after a while he did it several times. And so I got to a point where I got really excited because he looked at me like this look like, watch this. <laughs> and so he had these angels blow this horn and I guess it was like an announcement or a, a call. And all of a sudden, there were seven angels that appeared. And they appeared like a, they were in a V. And one was in the front, and three went off on each side. They were 20 feet tall. Their arms and legs were massive. They were like, you didn't want to mess with these dudes. And their, their attire was totally different than the other angels. It, actually, each class looked different. Whatever their class, whatever their um, job is, whatever they do. These, they had helmets on. They only went half down. And they went around their eyes and down like, where their nose is. These gold helmets. And they had swords. And the sword was like 20 feet tall was huge. It was so big. They were they were massive. Are you getting the picture? I, I didn't know these guys existed. And so I'm staying there looking at this. I mean I feel like well I, I think David and Goliath is like small compared to what I was feeling. And I'm looking at these angels, and Jesus looked at me and said, pretty impressive, huh? I was like, yeah. He said, these are warring angels. These are your warring angels. But as much power as you standing before you, one word out of your mouth is one is more powerful. Because it's one word out of your mouth that activates them. Did you hear me? You see why it's so important that we become more heavenly minded? You have heaven backing you up. This is not a solo act. When it comes to us. But it's also you've got all of heaven backing you up. You have absolutely no reason to be afraid of anything. It's a trap from the enemy. It's a lie. It's that false reality. It's not who you are. I mean, think about it. You are a child of the king of the most powerful kingdom in existence. And you're going to be afraid. What? Are you hearing me? We are coming into a time in these, in, in, in very near future. 
Where it's going to be vital to be heavenly minded because when you're heavenly minded, you'll cooperate with heaven. You won't just see things from the mindset of that we've had where, you know, we're just in this world and we're just day in, day out till we die and go to heaven in the sweet by and by. No, it's not. It's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. It's becoming minded from the mindset of who you are from where you're seated with him. Seeing things in all the reality, taking that pill and seeing the reality of heaven backing you up, the name backing you up, the blood backing you up. You don't have to seek glory. You carry glory. You don't have to seek God. You carry God. You don't have to seek power. You carry power. You don't have to seek healing. Hello? You carry healing. Do you know that we in heaven, there's no need for healing. It's divine health. We're meant to walk in divine health and carry healing. We're supposed to be doing not just what Jesus did on the earth, but greater. Greater. So we got to wake up from, from just living in this world around us like this is just, you know, like... And realize that's not reality. Are you guys getting this? I almost don't know what to do. It's like nine o'clock. What do you do? The kids don't bother me, by the way. I don't want you guys to go because of the kids unless you have to. The Lord, um, he sat me down on, on this beautiful stone and, and he had something. He said, I have something to teach you, something to show you. And I, I, I believe a lot of you have, have heard this if you've heard my testimony where he started this this whole segment with him that I'm about to share by talking to me about the time that I became engaged with Ken. Does anybody remember that? And he asked me if I remembered that I had purchased a planner, a wedding planner, when we became engaged. I, my personality is, I have to have, anyway... I have to have it all written down. I have great to-do lists. They don't always get done, but. (laughs) So he brought up my planner. And he said, Melody, you kept to that thing. You kept to that planner. Every detail. You were even ahead of schedule. So that by the time you got to the wedding day, everything would, you'd be prepared for it. He said, but there was a calendar in the middle of it, and you would write down appointments with the cake decorator, the hairdresser, the dress store, the photographer, and you circled them, and you were excited about it. You didn't just keep the appointments. You were excited about those appointments. Because even though you had everyday life, now that day and that man was your priority, most important thing to you. 
And then he said, I have a wedding day I'm preparing for, and I have a bride, and she misses appointments every day. Where is her passion? I fell my head down in his lap and I cried because I knew I had missed so many. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And he raised up my head. He said, already done. Already done. But he said, Melody, I need you to wake up my church. Because I'm coming back very, very soon. And I don't want them to miss their time of visitation. And I believe what that means is, are we going to miss heaven? No. But could we miss what we're here to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. We weren't born in this time to just be born in this time. This isn't a coincidence. You're meant for greatness. There was one time where the, uh, that's a whole nother big thing. <laughs> well, I'll just tell you real quick. I, I, was, I walked into this area. The angels took me. And as we went, the gates opened. And as we started to walk in, these angels were lined up. And they started bowing. And it made me feel very uncomfortable. And so I asked the angel with me, because at this moment, the Lord wasn't with me. He'd had the angel take me to see the great cloud of witnesses. And I said, why are they bowing? What? He said, only one is worshipped, but we show honor in heaven. And those of the last day church are very honored in heaven. Well, you have to stop and think, what are we going to do to be that honored? Because I saw some people that were pretty honored in heaven. (laughs) What are we going to be doing to be honored in heaven? What is it that's, that's about to take place where we will be honored in heaven? They are actually watching. Did you know that there are people in, in heaven on, on these floating like balconies looking over and they are literally interceding for us? Praying. You say, well, why? I didn't know there was prayer in heaven. Well, it says that Jesus is ever, exceeding, ever interceding for us. So there's prayer in heaven. What is it? What is it that makes us Be honored. Well, it's not everybody. It's just those, the the Lord used the word, the remnant that chooses. Did you, you know that, that religious thinking that says, well, God, you know, if God chooses to, you know, he's waiting on you to choose to. He's waiting on you to choose to. To continue in what you're doing, stay asleep or wake up and get out of bed and get dressed in your armor and represent the kingdom and activate heaven on earth everywhere you go. 
after he spoke to me about the bride, he then, I remember when I shared about how he can open portals of time. It just, time ahead, time behind. He had opened time in the past. Well, this time, all of a sudden, he opens a portal in the future. And he told me, I need to show you things to come for you to warn the church. This is the stuff I didn't want to share for years. I don't care anymore. That's my new statement. And I'm sticking to it. You guys ready for this? I got to tell you, I've been, I, I get leery about sharing it because I, I don't want people to be in fear. So right now, before we go any further, we need to do something. I need you to just close your eyes. And I need you to seek just in your heart. Where are you in your heart with what I'm talking about? If there is any fear at all, you right now with your mouth, you need to say, Fear, leave me in the name of Jesus. I'm a child of God and you don't belong in me. And I speak peace over my mind. In Jesus' name, I do not have a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. Father, let your love drive out every ounce of fear right now as I yield to you. I choose to wake up. I choose to not stay asleep. And even though it may feel a little uncomfortable, I know I'll be glad I did. Amen. He opened up a portal of time and and I was on the earth. And there were, I literally experienced, physically experienced being present when people started panicking and screaming and running because a huge wall of water was coming. And I looked and I saw the Empire State Building, I knew I was in New York. And the water literally covered the city. Here's here's the deal. Oh, I have to tell myself, Melody, that you just got to do this. Because I look out at your faces and I just don't want people scared. But... When you follow the Holy Spirit, when you walk closely with the Father, 
He'll make sure that you're at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. He'll lead you. He'll guide you in what to do. Ken's own family just moved here just by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I think they kind of said, well, if Melody Ken went there, we're going there. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They totally, God, God, his mom won't do anything like that unless God tells her to. The Holy Spirit. We must, he must become our absolute best friend. So that we are so in tune to him that when we're driving down the road, he says, you don't need to go that way today. You need to go this way. Or maybe you just need to stay home today. Maybe you're out shopping and all of a sudden, for some weird reason, you just have this. I think I want to buy a generator. (laughs) Why do I want to do that? I just get pulled over there. I just feel like I need to buy a bunch of water. Look, don't you people that can there's people that are in bondage that are stocking and storing. Okay? But there are things that we do need to do and you need to follow the Holy Spirit. We we are storing up food and water. But here's remember, it's not a solo act. Everything that I'm doing, I know I'm doing because God's going to use us to be there for people that need it. We as a church here, I know there's some people here that may not go to Life Church. But let me tell you, I I don't have time because it's 9 o'clock. There's so much more I could tell you guys about the false doctrines the Lord told me that was coming and the things that the, the, the ways that the enemy was going to steer the church in the wrong direction. And one of those things, hear me, is, is leaving the local church. Now, there are, there's a time coming where we're going to need to have small groups that live close to us that we can get together and get to. Isn't that awesome that we do life groups? Because you might not be able to get across town, or but we need to come together in the groups that are under the church. The Bible clearly tells us that Jesus set the ministry gifts in the church. And that the ministry gifts are set in the church until we are out of here. So we're not supposed to stop. And we're not supposed to forsake ourselves. And people say, well, we are assembling. We're assembling in a house. Well, we may very well do that one day. But you need to be under a shepherd. He's never said that we were not supposed to be under a shepherd. It's not, it's not in the word. Even in the early church, when they met in houses, they had pastors. So, boy, I got off on that one. (laughs) 
So they'll make sure that you that we stay balanced with the word. We need we need to be shepherd. We need a pastor. We need actually we need the gifts, the ministry gifts in our lives. A, a flourishing church has gifts somewhere in the church. All all the gifts in the church in operation. And the flow of the Spirit. And he talked about that in the churches that would be closing down because they don't want to flow with the Holy Ghost. They want their agendas. They want to just, they don't want to upset the people. You know, want to keep them happy. Can I just say it as it is? You don't, honestly, in the last days, I'm telling you right now, Get in a church that doesn't do that now because what's going to happen is when all this stuff starts happening in the world, they're going to run out of those churches and they're going to seek the real. Not the things that itch your ears and make you happy. So, As far as natural disasters go, there's, there are many that are coming that I saw. A, um, a lot of earthquakes. So a massive earthquake coming in the near future in the northeast. And here's what this means for us, west, northwest. Here's what this means. Those that do get out, those that do flee that get that that get out of there. I mean, they're going to come with nothing. And guess where they're coming? They're coming down and across. The Lord literally showed me, and I haven't said this out loud ever, showed me the Treasure Valley area being a refuge. I mean, refugees. Just people flooding. And so when you think about preparing, don't be thinking about you and yourself only. And be if because if you're listening to the Holy Ghost, He's not going to lead you to do anything that's just selfish. He's going to have others in mind. Jesus gave his life for us. No greater love is a man that gives down his life. There are people honored in heaven. Forgiving their life. Being martyrs for Jesus. So what more can we do in, in having food and water and, and programs set up to be ready? But we're not going to have to pray. I'm just telling you right now, we don't have to plan for growth in Life Church. <laughs> we have to plan on how to handle the growth. And, and other churches in the area, if there are pastors here, if there are, plan, make sure the Holy Spirit has full reign in your church. Make sure that you're about his agendas and his programs, not your own. And speak the truth in boldness. Don't just tickle people's ears. And be careful because you don't want to upset people and you don't want them to leave. 
and and bring your people together in unity. Start making sure there's unity. Deal with unforgiveness and 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 strife and criticism and deal with those things in love, but deal with them. Amen. You guys okay? The Lord, after I watched all these natural disasters take place, it wasn't all at once. It was, it was like a domino effect. Once, once this one took place, it was like others just, it's like before we could really recoup from one, another one would happen and another one would happen. And the Lord took me up and I was looking down like you're up in outer space and looking down on the world, you know, like you're. And I saw the United States and literally it was cut in two with water. It was like in three sections. And most of Florida was gone. A lot of the East East Coast was gone. West Coast was gone. People, I know, <laughs> I don't like sharing this stuff. But it would be so wrong of me not to. Because we need to be prepared. We need to know what's coming so that we can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and know how are we supposed to activate heaven on earth during this time. Remember, it's not just about you. Be praying for your family and your friends that live there. They'll, if they're listening to the Holy Ghost, they'll move. <laughs> it's happening. And there are those that aren't listening. There are people that are very dear to me that are not listening. I'm not looking forward to these things happening as far as people going home early. How many of you know when you're in the kingdom of God, you really don't have to be even afraid of death? Because you're just going home. But I don't want to go home early. I want to fulfill his will. In my, I want to fulfill my destiny. I want to finish my course with joy all the way to the end. Amen. The stock stock market's going to crash completely. So follow the Holy Spirit on when you need to sell your stock. Now you know I'm not going to give you any dates. Because I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not meant to tell you that. You're meant to go ask Him. You're meant to hear from Him. You have the same Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You can hear His children know His voice. Amen. Banks will actually completely fail. So just follow the Holy... Here's what's going to happen. I'm so excited about this part. Because in our mind, we're like, what? You know? God is going to give his children 
some of the most incredible strategies and plans on how to be prepared financially in the natural, physically. Listen, I'm, I'm losing weight. God dealt with me. I need to be fit. I, I, you can't just say, I'm, I have healing. I walk in divine health and eat like crud. <laughs> There's things that we need to do. We need to take care of our bodies. That's, we need to do that. Sorry, I'm stepping on toes. I'm not saying you can't ever have any ice cream. (laughs) I'm just saying, make sure, you know, we've all heard this. This is the stuff God's telling me. Melody, you make sure you have control over what you eat. And what you eat does not have control over you. That should be that way in anything in our life. We should have control. Yielding to the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm talking about. Nothing should have control over us. If we are addicted to something, whether it's food, that I mean, I have no fingers to point to anybody that smokes. Because I love food. <laughs> so I had to realize that me being physically able to do where to for me to physically be able to take where the anointing's going to take me to go where the anointing's going to take me to be able to physically handle where activating heaven on earth takes me in these last days I need to to get it under control Amen Is that all right true anyway (laughs) remember I don't care anymore (laughs) so here's the good stuff I literally saw cars driving up there was glory that settled on local churches fire I'll back up. I actually saw a little flames of fire on the top, on the roof of churches. And this is, this is like a, this was a, I don't know what, the, like a vision that the Lord, it's like he and I were just zooming through this city and this, these tall ladders would go up against a church building and the, and the pastor would come out and climb up on the roof, climb up the ladder, get on the roof and see the flame walk over and stomp it out. And I, I, we went from place to place to place and, and this kept happening. And then all of a sudden we get to a place the Lord took me and we're there and this pastor comes up and he sees the flame, he looks at it, he looks at it again and he says, well that doesn't look like what I thought it would look like but and just fanned that flame. 
and it grew and it grew. And everybody that walked into the building, they left and they looked like flames. They got in their car and their car was on flame. They went home and their house had flames. Everywhere they went, they took flame. And it was like flame left, flame went with them. (laughs) Flame was left behind, flame went with them. I want to be a flame. I'm telling you right now. And there was churches. Well, this one particular church. Where literally it looked like the building was on fire. They called the fire department. And it was, but the building wasn't burning. And the glory of God was so heavy that it was even out in the parking lot. And people would get out of their car and just fall on their face and just repent. And ask Jesus into their life. People would get healed just miraculously. Church members would just... And it wasn't a Sunday. I don't know how I knew that, but it was like... It wasn't a Sunday, but yet there's people coming. I I don't know. There were cars just coming, and they were like on cots out in the parking lot. And so church members came and would just run over and pray for them, and they'd get up. Ambulances lined the the highways, and and cops, the, the police had to literally... What's that word? Direct traffic. And and block off things and because because people are going to run to where God is. They're gonna because all of a sudden I don't know if you can get this picture, but when you've never needed God because you've gotten everything you needed on your own, and then all of a sudden everything you've worked for is gone. The only hope, those people, the only thing that will give them hope is Jesus. And we can't be shaken by what's about to happen because we need to be on guard and ready so that the moment they come running, we're there. We're there. Because it's going to take all of us working together as a body to get these things done. Listen, Pastor Mark cannot do this by himself. It's going to take the whole church, the body of Christ. Make sure you have phone numbers written down. Get a landline. You know that, I mean, the Lord dealt with me about that. Honestly, good, really. Because I don't even know my husband's phone number or my children's. Because I go into my phone, click their little picture. But you need to have a plan. So that you have phone numbers, so that you can call people if if cell phone's not working. The church needs to have a plan. You need to have a plan for your family. We need to have a plan. Amen. I mean, don't wait until all this stuff happens to get involved in the church. You need to get involved now. Because we need to have people... And I'm talking to life church, but this goes for any church anywhere. We need to have more people in in because the grocery give is going to be a different place. 
You know what I mean? We need to operate in wisdom by direction of the Holy Spirit. Never fear. Check every decision you make and make sure it's not fear-based. Make sure it's not fear-based. There's peace when God leads you. There's peace. I mean, we're going to see arms grow out. We're going to there's going to be more people raised from the dead than you've ever seen in your life. And we're going to be the ones doing it. Amen. Well, I've probably left something out, but Pastor Mark will probably tell me if I did. <laughs> it's 9:30. Try not to keep you guys too long. <laughs> and the moms and dad are like, yes. <laughs> wow, really? It's time for us to dream dreams, have visions, prophesy, lay hands on the sick. It's time for the church to be full of power. This this kindergarten stuff needs to stop. Being distracted by things going on in our own personal life and that that's just no more. We are in exciting times, people. So exciting. We are the great, the last church, the last day church. That's awesome. We're going to see him come again. Glory to God. And I want to go out. I mean, I want to go out shaking this place with the kingdom, with power. I want to go out. Don't you? This is exciting. This is exciting. I am so excited. I'm pumped. You're like, I'm glad you are, Kimba. <laughs> Ask God. Start start now asking God what to do when you wake up in the morning. Ask him. Ask him what to do with 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 every dollar you have, with ask him to bring opportunities across your path to to bless someone's life, to pray for them, to bring Jesus to them. But take Jesus to the world around you. Do you know your neighbors? Do you even know them? Because you need to know them so that they know that when they need you, they know who you are. Because there's going to be a time that they need you. And if they don't need you now, if they don't know you now, they don't need you now, but if they don't know you now, they're not going to go to you when they need you. Does that make sense? Know your neighbors. Get out of your own selfish way of living and get to know your neighbors. We just moved and 
I, I was like, I got to go meet my neighbors. I'm going to make some cookies and I'm going to tell them where I'm going to take some church cards and I'm going to let them know where I go to church. And if they ever need anything, just let me know. Cup of sugar, whatever. Remember how we used to do that? Nobody knows their neighbors anymore. Do you think that's a coincidence? No, it's been a plan of the enemy for people to get so self-absorbed in their own life that they're not even aware of the people around them. How many people in here right now? Oh, boy. Um, where's Wendy? Is she here? Can you get her, find her for me? They're like, what are you doing? I'm just following the direction of the Holy Ghost. How many people in here? Oh, here she is. She's right here. Hey, baby, come down here and sit with Dad for a few minutes and then... She's like, what are you doing? How many people in here right now have pain in their body? Stand up. Okay. I want you to come down to the front, line across the front. My sweet Garcia. Come here, babe. Wendy, come here. Come up here with me. Wow. Well, we're going to get rid of this pain. Sickness, disease. And I said pain. If you if it's not necessarily pain, but you but there's something wrong with your body. Okay? Now here here's what we're going to do. We're going to make these just this distraction that's in your life. It's going to leave tonight, once and for all. This is it. This is enough. And these two sweet little babies here. I actually spoke in in children's camp this past summer. What did I talk about? What was it called? Um, yeah, heaven invading earth. And I taught them how to be earth invaders. Right? That they're not from the earth. They're not of the earth. They're of heaven. And they, I asked the kids to write me little cards and, and they got to win a prize. And whoever had the best little, it was like an essay, but it was on an index card. Wow, this is going to be hard. I like wanted one line. <laughs> um, I had them write on a card. Ushers, I probably need you to kind of fix this a little bit. Because I just need a single line and then we can just. Yeah, you can go around the outside. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry, my fault. Should have been more instructive. 
So we did camp, and it was called heaven. It was called, um, they, I taught them how to be earth invaders because they're not of the earth, they're of heaven. And that they carry the power of God in them. And so I had them write this little index card of, of what it means to be an earth invader. I'll wait just a second. Yeah, you were? She said I was an earth invader at a restaurant. <laughs> I love it. So they wrote on this little index card of how to be an earth invader. And both of these little girls right here, on their own, I have the cards, or Pastor Doug has them. Wendy said, I'm going to be an earth invader because I'm going to lay hands on people that are sick. And they're going to be healed when I lay hands on them. And I'm going to take Jesus to my friends. That's pretty much what she said, right? In her words. She said that, though, about healing. And she said the same thing. And she has talked to people about Jesus and lay hands on people. So what we're going to do here is I'm, we are going to demonstrate with everyone here that has sickness in their body. The three of us are going to demonstrate what you all need to do when you leave this place. They have the power of God on the inside of them. They have the ability to lay hands on the sick and they recover. They have the ability to cast out devils, raise the dead. You even put that on your card, didn't you? You wanted to raise the dead. I'm waiting to see that one. Because it's going to happen. So we're going to go pray for them. You ready? And you know when you lay hands on them, it's in the name of Jesus. And that you have the power of Jesus, the healing power of God on the inside of you, don't you? You guys know this, don't you? I know you're shy, but you're breaking out of it right now. (laughs) Come on. Hey. Hey. Are you up here in line? Are you sick? Uh, No. The back of my neck has just been hurting me. Okay. Well, come stand right here, babe. Okay. This is what we're going to do. We're going to just do like three people like this because we're three. And then we'll just move down three. We're just going to lay hands on in the name of Jesus. Now remember, when we pray for the sick, when we pray, we don't have to pray to God, do we? What do we do? We speak to to their body. We speak to the sickness and we command it to leave in the name of Jesus. Remember? Okay. So here we go. Father, I just thank you. I just speak to this body right now in the name of Jesus. And I command every pain in Jesus' name. I speak to sickness and disease. I thank you, Father, for an overhaul from her head to her toe. Body be made whole in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.